I was gonna say you could, we could talk about IU Purdue, but by that, but it's, it's still three weeks so. away. Yeah, and they'll have played again, and you guys will return the favor. And, I really hope so. And yeah, kind of move point. Yeah. I really hope so too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how are the Sycamores doing this year? Let's not talk about that. We're not going. Do they have a basketball team? They have a basketball. <laughs> they team. do. Have a, <laughs> that's where Larry Bird played. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they had one in the seventies. <laughs> they had one. In the 70s. <laughs> Early fall apart after that. Eddie Bird. Eddie followed Larry. I went to school. That's with Eddie. true. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying that he was Larry, but he was Eddie. Right. Yeah. Did he play basketball also? He did. He did. He did I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad, but he was not Larry. But I, I obviously don't have to say that to you. You would know. Yeah. <laughs> you would know. Wait, him. who's Larry Bird? Right. Who is that guy? <laughs> is that a uh, Chris? Make sure you cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> we can put that as a tag in there. Who's Larry Bird? Imagine being Larry Bird's brother that then goes on to play at the it's same true. school. Okay, true. so that's yeah. not that's not yeah. easy. Yeah. It's a tough hill to climb. Very tough summit to tough. climb there we go sorry yeah yeah that's a tough hill to summit yeah <laughs> oh, okay that that's great i'm just gonna let you guys play <laughs> do we want to do a cold cold open i or think we've started one have we yeah i think the, but i don't think right. any of this is worthy really like yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not quite yet we're getting there though we're warming up um this is not part of the episode tell us something uh, I think I already asked you this, but tell us something about you that we wouldn't already know. Um, when I was 18 years old, I didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Grew up in South Florida, and I decided to move to Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. And I taught English at night um, okay. at a Canadian American Institute for a year. And that's where we, the United States bombed Libya. And the Dominican people were in a political year, which there looks very different than here. Okay. Um, and so there were a lot of police officers walking around with machine guns. And the Dominicans didn't really care for the fact that the Americans bombed. And so I spent the night on um, the floor of the Canadian American Institute um, one night just so I could be safe because they rocked the facility and it was all glass in the front. Uh -huh. And so then thereafter I was um, brought to the American embassy where I had to file that I was there so I could be taken out of that country if needed. Right. And my parents wow. about shit their pants. Not, not, I was <laughs> say, it's not quite the Caribbean vacation you were saying. My parents were like, what are you doing right now? How long were right. you there before that all un unfolded? A few months. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it was, a, it was a great experience. It was an amazing experience. Yeah. So I'm probably I could be categorized as a risk taker. Okay. Risk taker slash builder, which we'll get into. We will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. It's yeah. a good butt fact. I like to call it. <laughs> I didn't know about. You know what butt facts are? No. <laughs> like, let's say you're playing trivial pursuit. You're playing a trivia game at a at a. You go to the bar that you guys were at to watch the IU Purdue game the other night and. Um, it's a trivia night, and it's just that person that just pulls out a random fact that they, they happen to know the answer to some question that that's like, where did that come from? Well, I just yep. pulled out their ass, and yeah, 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 yeah. it's a butt fact. It's the yeah. people you do not want to play Trivial Pursuit. They're with. a good right. anchor for a good trivia <laughs> yeah. team. You need that person. Like, what? Where the hell did you get that from? I used to be okay at Trivial Pursuit. Like my <clears> academic <throat> career didn't show up, but I would I would have a decent amount of butt facts that I could just pull out like. Where did you come up come up with that? Like I don't know. But butt facts are not always academic, somewhere. however. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Hence All the right. name. Yeah. yeah. So I just added that to our uh, tag list. Butt facts. There we go. All right. Yeah. You're welcome.
this thing on? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Thank you for joining us from wherever your podcast, or for those of you watching us on the Heroes Foundation YouTube channel, thank you for tuning in. Um, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so. More than 80% of you guys out there watching our episodes have not subscribed, so please get on it. It's absolutely free. We'd appreciate it. Uh, today, very special moment for us as we expand the the team at the Heroes Foundation. Uh, Miss Annie Martinez joins us. Uh, Annie is the new executive director of the Heroes Foundation. So Annie, welcome to the Summits Podcast. Thanks. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Why don't you uh, give us a little intro on yourself? Uh, given name Andra Mar Martinez, um, and I am originally from Indianapolis. I grew up in Coral Springs, Florida, and I came back to Indiana to go to college went to ISU after graduating, worked for a large not-for-profit not in Tippecanoe County, and then <clears throat> ended up going to work for Purdue University. Worked um, in school science, computer sciences, and then for the Center for Education and Research in Information Assurance and Security. That's a mouthful. So, yeah, Daniel, yeah. that's your kind of your area yeah. of the computer. I know a little area, bit about yeah, that. Yeah, just a little not bit. A, not um, a ton, but... Really, in a, in a time when nobody was talking about security, everybody wanted to be able to buy everything over the internet, but they were like, "Save, save, security. What? What, what does that mean?" You know. So we've we have certainly evolved since then. So yeah. So what what took you to Florida from Indy and then back? Mom moved. Okay. okay. Yeah, mom moved out of state, and then came. Um, I came back to go to college. Mom moves out of state to Florida and says, "No, no, really, go back to the Midwest to go to college." <laughs> I said, "What?" Yeah, that was my next question is why, why not just go to, go somewhere in Florida right. versus coming back? That was really my question too, yeah. to my mother. Yeah. And so remember- You really missed the Indiana winners? I did not miss the Indiana <laughs> winners. In fact, my first year, my freshman year, I was really depressed because it was so gray and I really wasn't used to it. And I, I remember calling my mom going, why? Like, why did you do this to me? But you know what? All of that fades away and you drop into college life and, you know, you- establish a life for yourself and the rest is um history so so why indiana state what stood out about i was really going to purdue i was okay. really i was enrolled at purdue and i changed at the last minute i knew somebody was going to isu i went with them to visit the campus and i thought you know i'm going to be a journalism major i'm going to walk over across campus and kind of check out <clears throat> their facility in the J school of journalism and i happened to meet a faculty member who walked me through and just showed me a lot of attention and said, yeah. you know, did you think about coming to ISU? And I go, no, but I went home and I said, I want to go to ISU. And my father said, you want to what? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just kind of, it was um, serendipitous. I would yeah. call that serendipitous. Yeah. But, um, as it turned out, it worked out great. I mean, I got great education, loved the campus, loved my experience. Um, but I am a Boilermaker fan. Full That's disclosure good. here. It's good to know. It's good to know. Good to have today. Yeah. You're in good company, Dean. Mm -hmm. Hey, whatever. <laughs> it's okay. Cancer doesn't discriminate. It's all good. Indeed. Um, so journalism major at ISU, right? Mm -hmm. Then what was your first job out of school? Um, I was the director of communications at a um, not-for-profit that was uh, supported people with disabilities. Okay. Was that in Indianapolis or was that in? It was in Lafayette. Oh, okay. Tippecanoe right. County, yeah. So you... You got out of Indiana State, still Went major with Lafayette. Yeah, yeah, good call. 
<laughs> not exactly. Not I know, exactly. I know. That's interesting. I worked for a CEO who came to me one day and said, let's start a development program. Now, remember, okay. I'm trained in communications. And I said, what are we going to develop? Right. And I really meant that sincerely. Yeah. He said, you are going to enroll at the IU School of Philanthropy. And you're going to learn exactly what that is. And so the rest was kind of history. I fell in love with it. I knew that I had found my niche. With IU or the development part? The development part. Okay. Hmm. Not with the IU part. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a love that's ever been, if you're asking me that. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> Although <laughs> we do have a kiddo that went there. So my husband always says, no, 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 you got to vote for IU. You got to root for IU because that's where our dollars went. I said, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> that's not how this works. Well, I agree. So you, you did a stint at the School of Philanthropy. Um, I guess what uh, – you said you work on development there. Um, so I took classes okay. to figure out, you know, what was this development to establish a development program? What was the, the basic foundations of, you know, establishing a development program? Right. And so we did just that. Um, and then that put me on um, the radar of the United Way in Tippecanoe County. I became the loaned exec. And then that kind of led to a um, career at um, Purdue. It's interesting. When you live in Lafayette, mm -hmm. in a lot of people's mind, when you get a job at Purdue, you made it. Okay. All right. Now, remember, I'm trained in journalism or communications. And I don't – I'm just really starting to get into fundraising. Um, so I don't really know what that means. But yeah. once I got – when I became engulfed in the college community – that's really where I learned to be a fundraiser, mm -hmm, in all okay. fairness, because nobody raises more money than colleges right. and universities. They, they just don't. I mean, outside of natural disaster, they just don't. And, you know, there's a lot of good reasons for that, but it was a great place to learn really what it meant to be a fundraiser, all of the different aspects of it. So grateful. Um, traveled a lot. Um, I was in computer sciences in the mid-90s. I mean, you know, people were making money hand over fist in tech right. stocks, or they were losing money hand over fist yeah. in tech stocks. <laughs> depends <laughs> on your timing. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on your timing. Um, but it was a great, it was a great time um, to be in computer sciences. The computer science department at uh, Purdue University is the first one in the United States. A lot of people don't know that. Okay. And so it evolved out of the school of sciences and out of math because what? Computing is ones and zeros, right? Um, and so with that said, they had never called on any of their alumni. And I was very happy to be the person to establish that program um, yeah. and what that looked like. And um, and so it brought about a lot of opportunity for travel um, and just learning in general. I mm -hmm. probably traveled 60% of the time that I worked at Purdue, at least the first five years for sure. Because, you know, their alumni are not necessarily local, especially in, from, you know, a computing standpoint. Most of them are on the West Coast. So I spent a lot of time going back and forth to California. <clears throat> so do I have to uh, thank you for the, you know, the Purdue letter that I get? Every yes, you year should. That, and yeah, yes, you should. Says, <laughs> I need to donate Daniel's back. like, oh, my yeah. God, she found me. <laughs> <laughs> so you put your sales hat on and, and clearly enjoyed it, I'm gathering. It was great. Yeah, yeah. it was really great. Um, learned a lot, was surrounded by a lot of smart people, mm. a lot of smart people, some crazy things. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember the professor that um, killed his wife. So I start at Purdue and they have an area of the computer science building that is literally roped off. You can't go into that area. I said, hmm, that was 
they were, you know, confiscating everything that had to do with him. Um, he had married a graduate student. They were married, had two kids. Long story short, point blank, he took her life mm. after a faculty party. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I thought to myself, mm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A lot of great experiences, though. Uh, um, Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. I was there when Purdue went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. That was super fun. Um, and I could go on and on, but we don't have to talk about Purdue unless you really want to, Vince. No, hey, whatever whatever you want to talk about, that's great. <laughs> I mean, Rose Bowl is fun. I'd, Rose Bowl is super fun. I'd like to go some, some year. I don't care who's playing. Yeah. Most likely won't be my alma mater, but, you know, you never know. Um, so after Purdue, then what? Let's see. So I left Indiana, moved to uh, Philadelphia for three years. I was still, actually, I was still um, <clears throat> employed by Purdue. And then 9-11 happened. And I had a nine-year-old who really wasn't crazy about mom traveling anymore because based on what was going on in yeah. the country. So yep. um, I took a professional sabbatical. This is a recurring, you'll, you'll get, we'll get to this, but this is a recurring thing in my life. Um, and so then I moved back down to South Florida and I went to work for Florida Atlantic University. Um, and that was in a regional director position. And so I um, oversaw development in what was called the Treasure Coast Campus. Um, it was just north of the Boca, the main campus. Oh. Um, and started a program there that they, there had never been an alumni outreach or any kind of development uh, fundraising on that campus and so that was super fun Mm -hmm. um that is a very different model in florida education in florida the model is it's not the traditional model that it is in indiana for the most part um it's non-traditional and for example 78 percent of the alumni from fau still live in florida okay so they stay there interesting which is really interesting, yeah. you know. So when I saw that stat, I was like, "Wow, that's okay." So I'm obviously not going to be chasing airplanes anymore, right? Uh, because everybody's local. The other thing is, I had a huge lifelong learning program, okay. Which was um, Vince, you'll be able to identify with this because you have parents that have a home in Florida. You know, you have the snowbirds that go to Florida, and they want to continue to learn. They want to take classes. They want to hear great speakers, mm-hmm. and so the campus uh, at Boca Raton had done really good job of bringing that kind of benefit cultural benefit to the people that okay. you know were snowbirds and so we took that model and we moved it up to the Tippecanoe or to the uh, Treasure Coast campus and so that really helped establish um, you know giving allegiance all of the things that it takes to build a fundraising program but with that said you know the people that gave to that school were not the majority of them were not graduates of that school. There were okay. people that saw it as, you know, a benefit to their lifestyle when they came right. to Florida. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. That's okay. Everybody comes to the table for a different reason. But yep. And then after FAU, you had this this magnet just drew you back to Indy or you know, Indiana for that matter. Two thousand and seven, I came back to Indianapolis. Um, I had met my current husband. I'd come back here um, for a birthday party. Long story short, I, I met my husband. We dated about a year and a half. He would fly to Florida every other weekend um, when he didn't have his children. And so long story short, when we decided to get married, it didn't make sense to you know, have him move to Florida. I just moved back to Indianapolis. It was a known commodity to me. My family was here. His kids were here, so on and so forth. So yep. it was not a climate-based decision. <laughs> 
<laughs> so then what? Worked, uh, you take another sabbatical. When you got back, jumped right back into an org. Here. I went to work for an organization called Music for All, okay. it, formerly known as Bands of America. Hmm. So if you know, you know any marching band people. So there's a lot of schools in Indiana that take part because there's a lot of good marching programs in Indiana. But with that said, so I went there. They were. Um, they were trying to incorporate a incorporate a philanthropic model on what was at that time just a, a revenue generated model, okay. and so um, I was hired to help them do that. Okay. So I was there for a couple of years, and after that, I went out on my own, and I kind of cherry picked the projects that I worked on, and um, kind of a, like in a consultancy yeah. type role. Yeah, okay. I was a, right. I, I was contract. Yeah. Okay, and so come in help. Define and yeah, define, program. you know, what's a great, what's the best model for the nonprofit? Help them, you know, identify pro or programs and then move to, you know, hiring people. And I was usually somewhere for about six months and I would go on to the next place. Yep. And then I met Tina Clore and that is the um, CEO of what is now Firefly Children and Family Alliance. And she was looking for a vice president um, of development to reinvigorate, revitalize um, the fundraising program at what was then Children's Bureau. Um, and it was a, at that time, Children's Bureau was 163 years old and she was the new CEO. Um, and they had downsized in 2008, like so many nonprofits, you know, during the recession, they got rid of their um, fundraising staff. So it was a rebuild kind of thing. Okay. And I was, I was intrigued for two reasons. I, I love to build. That's really what I'm good at. Um, and then secondly, I was really interested in learning about social service. I had never, you know, played in the social service space and fundraising. So I had worked in education. I had worked in um, arts and culture by that time. Um, and so I was interested. I was really interested to learn. I had no idea that there was a children's shelter at 16th and Martin Luther King in Indianapolis. Like, no idea. So, um, yeah, I, I went home that night and I said to my husband, I, I know that I can help them, but they want me to come on full time. And I think he almost fell out of the chair when I said, I, I think I'm going to take this job. He said, wait, I just want to make sure I understand you're going back to work full time. <laughs> and the rest is history. I was there for nine and a half years. And then um, my last day there was September 16th. I decided I needed another professional sabbatical. Um, and so. Which didn't last real long. Yeah. Not to, no, but it, you know, it was long enough and I was yeah. looking for the right thing. I, I remember I'm a builder. So right. somebody called attention to me, the um, job opportunity for an executive director at Heroes Foundation. It was sent to me and I was like, hmm. so, you know, being the funders that I am, the first thing I do is look at the 990 and, you know, and I just saw a lot of potential, a lot of potential, especially after I kind of <clears throat> got on your social media, looked around you know, stalked Vince, stalked everyone he knew. I would have stalked you, Daniel. I can't well. say that I did. Uh, but, you know, social media helps us a lot in that, yeah. that realm. Yeah. And I just saw a wealth of opportunity, honestly. Yeah. Well, that goes into the, to the why heroes questions, which you've already started to answer. Um, our need, of course, or needs were looking for a builder. I mean, essentially, that's what we're, we're looking for, someone to, to take, take the baton, if you will, manage it, help grow it. Um, as we've talked about before, and I've now shared with you with a 21 year old or 22 year old startup, which sounds odd. I know to some people, but, um, uh, in, in a way, I think that's, that's really the way we are. Um, so outside did that, let me ask you this aside from the potential that you saw, were there any aspects you're like, mm, I don't know. No, 
No, because I would have had that conversation with you before I accepted the position. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Uh, no, I can't say that there was. Um, I'm I'm incredibly impressed with what you and Cindy have built in 22 years. I will say that, especially, you know, somebody that didn't come from a fundraising background and you guys are, your commitment's pretty amazing. And then I saw the gala two Fridays ago and I went, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Had um, you been to, been involved in any other heroes event prior to no. the gala? Okay. Honestly, I, I wasn't even aware. Yeah. No. But that's okay. That's not a, I, when I, when I got to children's bureau, I wasn't aware of children's bureau either. And mm-hmm. that was a 163 year old organization. Yeah. You know, so I always say to people, you don't know what you don't need to know. Yeah. In a world where we are bombarded with a lot of information. Sure. Right. So we have to filter. Yeah. Well, you've you've just joined us. We've been talking for probably let's say the give or take the last month. Um, what stands out to you um in terms of the, that that excites you the most right now? Like like what is that I don't want to say low hanging fruit, but I mean what what's the low hanging fruit that, that you you just can't wait to start grabbing that at first? Oh, that's a, that's a hard question. That goes back to kind of our meeting last Friday when I talked about the stool, the fundraising stool and and what's there um, and what can be built upon um, and the legs that kind of aren't there. Um, Probably individual giving is my first love in the fundraising world. That really is my first love. Um, But all of the vehicles that we use to raise money, every single one of them are equally important, but they all have to be integrated. One has to feed the other. Um, and so that's probably my greatest excitement because you've got a lot of things that have already been put in place. What I would like to do is make sure they're all integrated and they're feeding one another so they can all grow. For, for my clarity, what is the stool? What are the, I assume that means there's four pillars to think of a stool. All right. So you've got your annual fund Mm -hmm. and special events would fit in there. Special events is a vehicle to raise money, right? You've got major gifts. Those are people that say, you know what, this is important to me for whatever reason. Everybody comes to the table for a different reason, and that's mm-hmm. okay. And I would make to, like to make a lasting gift. A lasting gift is defined very differently depending on where you're at. If you're at a university and you, you know, we've all been on universities, campuses, you walk across and you see all these names on buildings. Okay, that's a very large it's a very large yeah. gift, right? Yeah. People have asked me before, like, what's the minimum gift? Well, it depends on the school, but you're probably not looking at anything less than $25 million, really. And it does depend on the college that we're talking about. So we've got the annual fund um, within that special events, but we've got major gifts. Um, that's another leg of the stool, right? And so they're all, one leads to the other, mm-hmm. right? Because people don't give a lasting gift if you haven't started, you know, Somewhere. them at some level of giving anyway. Right. Yeah. And you've got capital campaigns, which I think there is a great opportunity for Heroes Foundation because there's an endowment and that's your sustainability. That's your longevity. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that there's an and then the last leg is that endowment. How do you grow it? How do you continue to grow it? Because that's the message of longevity to people. Um, But there's lots of vehicles within that that giving pyramid that you use to to draw people into your mission um, or to identify those that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, interested in supporting your mission. Um, and certainly special events is one of them. Yep. Uh, so you did have your your first taste of the first event, the the longest standing event that we've had in the gala. What, um, you, you made one mention of it already, but what, when you left that night, do you, what, what feeling did you, did you leave with, I guess I should say? Excitement. Yeah. Excitement, because I think it was, you could feel it in the room. And I've been to a lot, 
I hate to say this, I've put on a lot of special events. But I don't know that was necessarily true. I mean, you have some that are better than others. That's always going to be the case, right? Mm -hmm. That's always going to be the case. But there was a lot of genuine energy and excitement in that room that night. And you saw that with the last paddle ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you really did. So I remember driving home, my husband looking at me and he just, he said, okay, you're never this quiet. So I know that (laughs) your, your brains, you're churning, you're churning. I'm like, oh yeah, that was just, that was super, um, that made me more excited. I'm good. Yeah. Excitement's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I was really. excited too. Yeah. I, no, I don't think you were. Yeah. You were super you were super chill at that event. How many gin and tonics did I have by that Cindy point? was a lot more <laughs> excited. <laughs> I was sitting next to Cindy. I could feel her energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think everyone was was pretty well excited. I mean, it you know, uh, here's here's the thing. I thought we were going to take a dip this year. I really did because last year was yeah. was a you know another record. Um and I thought just for for various reasons, I thought we were gonna take a dip and we didn't, we, we just took it up yeah. another notch and not by, yeah. you know, 2%, we, we, we pumped it up pretty good. So, um, if I didn't show it, I was hiding it really well, but the next day or the next couple of days after when the, you know, the numbers started coming out, I was like, wow, I, I would have lost that bet yeah. tenfold, but I'm glad. I'm sure there was a lot of things going through your head that night. You know, when you're, when you're engulfed in an event, I know what that looks like too. So, it, yeah. but I just, I thought it was great. I really did. I thought it was great. And I know how much work something like that is. A lot of work. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So here we are, um, end of February, and um, you're you're getting the ball rolling. What are, if you had to pick three things that you want to focus on just this year? I know that's that's a very loaded question, but um, we both know that the next, you know, 10 months or so are just going to fly by. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and trying to manage the information overload in a, in a new position. But what are what are two or three things that really stand out to you that you want to accomplish just in that first 10 months? First, I want to empower Scott. Scott's a new hire, a new hire and I think he's critical, mm-hmm. really critical. Yeah. Um, so how can I best, you know, um, walk alongside him and empower him to be successful? I think first and foremost, that's really important. Um, and then I think secondly, probably individual giving, you know, people go to special events and support missions for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the work thereafter from a cultivation stewardship standpoint has to happen after those events. And mm. that's really, really critical. Even if it's thank you. Sure. Which is super important. Yep. Thank you is important. People like to hear thank you. Um, and I think that you've done a great job with reaching out to people. What is your cancer story? I think that, I hate to say this, but there's so many other cancer stories. I mean, every single one of us are touched by it. Yeah, sure. That's a good segue, by the Mm -hmm. way. It is, yeah. (laughs) So Annie, what is your cancer story? Well, unfortunately I have more than one cancer story, but probably I just spoke to Casey, um, who does the writing for the Heroes Foundation, but um, my father passed away from cancer in 2013, so um, we knew he was sick. We learned he was sick about a year before that. But I just remember I was in Florida and I was at a friend's house and I remember one of my sisters calling me and telling me, you know, this is what we've learned. And of course, me not having a background, you know, and understanding the medical terms and just being totally overwhelmed. Like, what does this mean? What, what does this mean? You know, what mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was only questions. Um, 
but it was, I, I will never forget the feeling of mm, not knowing and how that leaves a family. It mm. just, it's just, uh, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it just is heartbreaking. And so, um, and he, he lost his battle. He, um, he passed away literally three days before um, Children's Bureau's biggest special event. So I joined in May at Children's Bureau, and in September, my father passed away. And that weekend, I said to my husband, I know dad's going to pass away this weekend right before that special event. Mm. And in fact, he did. And, you know, my boss at that time, she was wonderful. She was like, you know, you, you need to take some time. And I said, you know what? I never remember my dad calling in sick. I never remember the guy calling in sick to work. And I thought, what would dad expect me to do? And I dressed up and I went to that event and I watched and I listened and I learned because that's what he would have expected me to do. And then I probably went home and broke down, but I still did what I thought he would have wanted me to do. Okay. And so, and a lot of people didn't understand that. A lot of people were like, what are you doing here? And, but that's just, that's how I dealt with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you like so many other guests or so many other people in general have a variety of uh, cancer stories because it just it, it impacts all of us and not just one way but multiple um we talked about this i think in in the interview process um, aside from your father we've all had a variety of friends who have been impacted if we haven't personally been impacted um to you what is you know we, we talked about having a passion um for the cause itself it's not just a job i mean in, in this realm at least in my opinion you got to have a passion for what and what the cause is would you say your dad is that passionate drive or um is it a, a collection of cancer stories that is really driving the passion to to do something here i think it's definitely a collection of cancer stories yeah. and and i think as we get older unfortunately the stories just grow right right because we enter different state stages of our life and i know that you know cancer isn't age specific um but with that said, and, and I've known people that, you know, I know a lot of survivors, you know, thank God I do. I know a lot of survivors and everybody doesn't lose their battle, which is great. Um, but it is one of those things that it doesn't matter what color you are, you know, what your education level is. It does. Mm -hmm. None of those things affect it. It's just, you know, it can devastate one's life. And I remember go, I remember dropping my dad and my stepmom off at chemo and watching the people that went in there, some of whom were always alone. Oh yeah. They yeah. were always alone. And I always thought to myself, you know, why are they alone? Maybe they wanted to be alone. I don't know. Right. But that left like, it always left a hole in my heart. Mm -hmm. So I don't yeah. think anyone should have to go through it alone. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well said. Um, well, I'm very happy that you're here. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited about um, what we've discussed over the last, you know, 30 plus days. Uh, I'm excited to bring in your experience to uh, an organization that's still in, in startup mode, regardless of how many years we've been in business, um, to help us, you know, build it and take it to the next level. It's, it's what's needed for sure. Um, so thank you for, for choosing Heroes. I'm excited. Um, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're, we're happy to have you. Um, any, any parting comments, parting thoughts? Go Boilers. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for that. <laughs>
And thank all of you guys for tuning into this episode of the Summits Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in from wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you want to welcome Annie to the team, you know, throw something in the comments below. Any questions for her or any, how about throw out some, some, you know, throw out the gauntlet here, throw out some, uh, some goals or some things you guys like to see us achieve. And uh, we'll, we'll evaluate those and see where those fit into the strategic plan. Um, but again, we thank you guys for tuning in and don't forget, be cancer.